Chapter Ten of Miss Pym's Camouflage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Pym's Camouflage by Lady Dorothy Stanley. Chapter Ten. She awoke in morning sunshine to the prattle of children. Two little mites were peeping at her from behind the granite boulder. When she opened her eyes, they shrank back like frightened mice. Miss Pym sat up and called to them, smiling, letting down her still abundant hair which she brushed vigorously. This homely act proved reassuring. The two very young children crept doubtfully towards her, and sat down solemnly at a safe distance to watch the strange woman doing her toilet in the woods. The elder girl, about six years of age, carried a patchwork bag in which rattled a few acorns, and some thin white roots, which she drew out and commenced gnawing, Miss Pym noted the unhealthy pallor of their skin, the emaciation of legs and arms. This was starvation indeed. She brought out a packet of chocolate from her bag and held out two pieces. The children shrank back. Chocolate, said Miss Pym. Chocolate for dear little girls. They wriggled a little nearer. Is it good to eat? whispered the elder girl. Again Miss Pym felt a shock. These little ones were too young to remember pre-war days when French children ate chocolate. Yes, this is very good. Goûter, persisted Miss Pym. Two claw-like dirty little hands were put up, then as suddenly drawn back. No, no, it is poison, said the elder girl. Jeanette, you must not take it. Miss Pym was horrified. Oh, you poor children, how can you even think of such a thing, she cried. The wicked Bosch dropped poisoned bonbons from aeroplanes, replied the elder child gravely. Mother says we must never eat what they give us. But I am not German. I am English. We love little children. And we are coming to save all the mothers and fathers and children here. The little girls looked wise and doubtful. But when they saw Miss Pym eating, they again put out their hands. This time the chocolate found its way to the baby mouths. But again the elder sister put up a warning hand. Jeanette, give me that gâteau, she said gravely. Miss Pym began to feel indignant. Your little sister is hungry. Let her eat. It is very good. It is very good, and I am hungry, said the mite, giving up the chocolate to her sister, Marta. Why do you take it from poor little Jeanette? asked Miss Pym, almost tearfully. Mamma is hungry, and Petit Frere is hungry, said Marta, with a little twist of the mouth, as of repressed grief. Oh, you poor dear little things, eat what you have, and I will give you the rest of this packet, and some money for your mother. In happy confidence, the children now sat quite close to Miss Pym. They stroked her dress, and Jeanette even kissed the bag which had carried that wonderful chocolate. Are the Bosch all wicked and cruel? asked Miss Pym. They are very bad people, said Marta emphatically. They like breaking things and burning things. They hurt people and laugh. Little Jeanette, licking her fingers carefully, repeated, They hurt people and laugh. They like to make little children cry, continued Marta, because children cannot strike back. They killed Madame Veuve Bouchon because she struck a Bosch. Little children cannot strike. But I could bite, said wee Jeanette, opening her mouth wide and showing her little white teeth. 
Petit Henri bit the Boche who killed their dog, Azor. Tais-toi, you mustn't bite the Germans, but run, run and hide when you see them. They like killing little children. Oh, long ago, when I was young, when they first came here, mother says they killed babies no bigger than Petit Frere. Mother says that is better than taking them away. They have taken away Marie Dupont, a big girl, and Anne-Marie Dumas, chimed in Jeannette. Yes, and Nicolette Lois, they took them away, away from their mamas. They cried, oh, how they cried, and the Boche laughed. Madame, they are very wicked people. If they see you, they will kill you. Yes, re-echoed Jeannette, licking the paper the chocolate had been wrapped in. Yes, they will kill you and then they will laugh and sing if madame has nothing more to give us we will go back to mamma said marta sedately the chocolate and the money were fastened in some recess of marta's ragged bodice with a crooked pin and very softly the two little girls slipped away behind the granite boulder miss pym turned back to her bag she replaced her hairbrush and then fastened her rucksack to her shoulders a shadow fell across the rock looking up she saw a huge german soldier ach zo he exclaimed here was a prize a spy a woman unarmed what a chance for hans what a story to tell perhaps a reward and perhaps even promotion he looked at miss pym very much as a bengal tiger would look at a tethered kid and perdita for a moment lost her head completely she looked round where could she fly would the man shoot hans was enjoying himself immensely he liked to see that hunted terrified look in a woman's eyes he did not want to shoot her though he might bayonet her if she gave trouble but he much preferred her alive she was his lawful prey to drag before his colonel as a retriever might bring a partridge still there was no reason why he should not get some fun before handing her over miss pym was seated on the ground the man stood arms akimbo leering down at her he touched her with his big boot she shrank back he turned her bag over with the toe of his boot she snatched it up there is money in the bag thought hans and that i shall keep here hand over the bag and the sack on your shoulders cried hans it was fun to see his victim press herself against the stone himmel how easy it would be to run her through perhaps if she had money that would be best run her through the body and leave her there whilst these thoughts took shape in his slow working brain miss pym recovering herself bent her head back and disappeared but remained immovably pressed against the boulder staring up at the blank face of hans who glared at her with unseeing eyes where she had been was a blur but his prey his victim his fortune had disappeared he shook himself like a bull the veins of his throat swelled and he gave the raucous cry of a baffled brute dashing round the rock with bayonet fixed he ran here and there quite maddened by disappointment then he called comrades and soon five or six soldiers were beating the wood miss pym rose and as gently as she could made her way out of the wood leaving monsieur le cure's 
large pillow and down quilt under the chestnut tree when she remembered she really felt too nervous to return and restore them to their owner quickly miss pym sped away from the village of jusset le duc her object was to reach valenciennes and thence through belgium into germany but how she was to get anywhere was the problem a walking tour through belgium and germany was not in the programme it would involve great fatigue and privations and be valueless from a military point of view just at this point miss pym's thoughts were centred on hot coffee so long as she remained in france and belgium food would be difficult to obtain since she could not bring herself to take so much as a mouthful from the people of the country it looks as though i must always join the officers mess thought miss pym with a sigh and it was at headquarters she must glean information and carry off maps and documents the sun was now high overhead the roads were inches deep in dust for the heavy traffic had quite broken up the metal of the roads miss pym looked anxiously about the road was so very long and there was no sign of an inn at last she came up with a military wagon the driver had got down to adjust a chain on the wheel preparatory to a steep descent miss pym caught hold of a rope and with great difficulty hauled herself into the wagon which was packed with cases a good many men lay sleeping on the boxes and grunted as miss pym scrambled over them to an unoccupied corner there she opened her bag and spread some potted meat on a stale roll it was not a satisfying meal and the wagon bumped painfully but the cover was some protection from the sun and the food restored her two young soldiers were talking of the war small men with a broad slav type of head gentle-looking animals with mild blue eyes they talked of the fighting on the british front in tremulous gutturals they are terrible those soldiers they give you no rest they kill you everywhere underground overhead all round there is no escape i tried to get over to those british devils i hear they feed you well and are kind and you need not work or fight any more ach i hope next time to be taken some of our boys shot their captain and got across to the british said the other young soldier it seems the only thing to do said the first pensively otherwise we are bound to end in the corpse fat factory i don't know when i shall marry lena he continued we have been betrothed three years or more are you betrothed yes to a girl at charlottenburg i have not been engaged so long as you i fixed it up when i was last home wounded see i have her picture she has sweet eyes appealing eyes like a girl i had to bayonet in france in nineteen fourteen i did not mind killing the father or the mother but she had such appealing eyes i suffered when i ran her through so you are betrothed to this girl as a sort of reparation said the other laughing well something of the sort said the young german kissing the photograph before he replaced it in an inner pocket miss pym shuddered her sense of repulsion for these savage brutes caused her a sense of physical nausea decidedly she must frighten them off the wagon 
so leaning forward in their direction she said slowly and clearly in german you killed my father you killed my mother and then you killed me shall you escape punishment wide-eyed with terror the young soldiers looked at each other did you hear that voice yes i heard the girl it was the girl you killed she spoke and i say no shouted the other white as chalk it was the bolt on the wheel you heard you killed my father you killed my mother and then you killed me we had never harmed you we were helpless cried miss pym her voice shaking with emotion the two men waited for no more tumbling over their companions they hurled themselves out on to the road and the last miss pym saw of them was sitting up in the white dust staring at the receding wagon End of chapter 10